So today I wanted to talk about how to transition to buyer-led growth and how to become a more customer-centric organization, especially when it comes to customer acquisition, sales, and marketing. So you hear all these different buzzwords, uh, agile, innovative, collaborative, data-driven, customer-centric. And I want to dive deeper into the last term, which is uh, customer-centric or buyer-centric. And I'll use these terms interchangeably, specifically related to sales and marketing. So uh, what does it mean to be more customer-centric, buyer-centric? And I think the core of what it means to be buyer-led is to understand that buyers are in the driving driver's seat. I still see many companies do not have, I guess, the respect for how people buy and they make decisions about their customer acquisition strategy that leads to poor results. Companies, they are too focused on themselves and they want to uh, what they want to achieve and the outcomes they want and not on what the buyer wants. And I think if we think 20 years back, uh, you know, there was, there was some social media, uh, organic search was uh, barely a thing and companies got clients from call calling, advertising, trade shows or, or word of mouth. And that meant that the salespeople and the companies could control the access to information. And if you want to buy, you had to go through a salesperson. So how buying behavior has changed with organic search and social media, buying behavior has shifted. Now you can just uh, search for the information you want. And if a company does not provide that information, you would just continue searching until you found a company who are willing to provide that information. And as more attention was turned to social media, companies have started to or have been advertising and, and, and publishing organic content for a long time. Uh, we have online communities, you know, Slack communi- communities, Facebook groups, and where we go and promote a product or we complain about a product. Uh, we are uh, talking about the services and companies that we like or dislike. And if you think about how the way we use services as consumers, I uh, think uh, Netflix or Spotify or buying a Tesla, these services let us access content or information when we want it and without having to go through a salesperson. But that behavior and the expectation is something we as consumers take into our professional lives. Uh, just as uh, if, even if we're buying B2B software and complex products. But many B2B companies are hesitant to change the way they market and sell uh, their products and services. Uh, and they are using traditional sales and marketing tactics. So I think the issue is that those tactics, they just work just enough to uh, continue doing them. So maybe they're doing call calls or call emails, they're, they're getting their ebooks. But I think B2B salespeople and marketers have this very transactional mindset that, that creates a really bad experience for buyers. And in the end, I think 
while those tactics they generate some results, the consequence consequence is that you get way worse results than you could have. And when I talk to companies, they tell me leads are not ready to buy, leads are not qualified, uh, the prospects stopped answering. And I think a large part of this problem is that you have a customer acquisition strategy that is not buyer-centric. So I want to discuss uh, what I believe buying-centric means and how you become more buying-centric or buyer-centric. So let's say um, if you want more brand awareness, uh, you want to drive better outcomes for your business, so meaning more inbound opportunities, more engagement with the right audience. Um, I think this this, uh, podcast is for you. So for me, buying, being buying buyer centric means building your sales and marketing process so that it's easier for buyers to buy and that your intent with your marketing is first and foremost to educate and then conversion and, you know, having this transactional mindset is secondary. And being buyer-centric means that you give buyers unrestricted access to the information they want, such as pricing or product information and content guides. You align with the buyer's needs and timing. You don't align with the, uh, the, the seller's quota and you prioritize active buyers over passive buyers. So you prioritize that 1% who are buying right now. And also being buying buyer-centric means that you think on demand. Demos, live chat, um, that you have information that people can access without having to go through a salesperson. So let's talk about some tactics uh, that helps you to become more buyer-centric. I think the first one is to put education before conversion. And I think an important mindset shift companies need to make is to put education before getting conversions, leads, and sales. And I think this this runs counter to many of the activities the companies do. So gated content, LinkedIn ads, uh, that leads to some form of uh, in-feed form. You have requested demo ads, you have lead nurturing, and you need to realize that buyers want to do research on their own time in the channels of their choosing and they want to choose when they want to engage with you. So as buyers, we want information and we want it now. We don't want to wait and schedule a meeting or fill out a form to access uh, you know, an ebook, for example. And buyers are smart. If they want to talk to you about your product or your service, they will find a way to get in touch. And they understand the intent behind gating content. They know that probably they will get a generic ebook, uh, generic content, generic email sequence, and they will have a sales call. They have a salesperson calling them right after they fill out the form. And as buyers, we really dislike when we have to jump th- uh, through all these hoops to get to the information we want. So the first thing I would do to become more buyer-centric is to make information open access and easy to find and 
you should be able to, or buyers should be able to uh, Google and find the information they want. Uh, so you need to make the information accessible and indexable, and you need to make it accessible in your uh, website navigation and not gate everything behind the form. The next uh, way to become more biocentric is to change your metrics. Uh, I believe that metrics drive behavior and goals. Uh, and before I go into this topic, I, I'm not against reporting or attribution, but my point is that your reporting or attribution tool, either if you're using uh, HubSpot as we do, or Marketo and Visible or, or whatever, you will probably make some misinformed decisions about your marketing if you only rely on your attribution software. Attribution does not give you the full picture. And the bias journey today is far too complex for any attribution software to correctly attribute all the touch points that lead to revenue. So I can tell you what really happens. So uh, let's say you have been running a podcast for a year, you have 40 or 50 episodes, or maybe you are actively posting on LinkedIn through your private uh, profile, or maybe you're running uh, brand awareness campaigns on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. When someone sees your ad or listens to your podcast, and they've done that over a long period of time, and then they uh, want to get in touch with you, then they will probably go to Google, they will click on an organic uh, result or a pay result, and your reporting software will tell you that, oh, Google is uh, giving you all these inbound leads. And of course, uh, Google was important, but it was, not, it was definitely not the only channel that contributed to that inbound opportunity and potentially a customer. You have in a complex B2B sale, you have tens or hundreds of touch points before someone is ready to buy and, and search for your brand. So you, you built brand awareness. You've taken someone from unaware to aware through podcasting or an organic content or brand awareness ads uh, that creates this buying intent. But the issue with more, many of these brand awareness channels is that they can be hard to measure. And the issue is that many companies, if they can tie you know, podcast downloads or posts on LinkedIn or brand awareness campaigns to a revenue number, they decide to stop doing that activity. And even if those activities are what facilitates the sale further down the line. So my point is here that you need to let go of measuring everything from a strictly quantitative perspective. What I would like to see more companies do instead is that they define their target account lists. They do great marketing towards these accounts. So they have insightful content in the form of videos, articles, podcasts, uh, micro content on social. And then you need to be okay with not all of your campaigns uh, or all your content uh, not driving a business outcome, meaning a lead or a demo or, or a customer, because these channels are what makes that sale, that inbound opportunity possible later. 
but I would also set KPIs closer to revenue. So if you have defined your target accounts, you figured out which people in those target accounts you want to close and win as customers, are you getting more traffic from uh, these accounts? Are you getting more inbound leads from these, these accounts? Are more people month over month filling out your demo or contact form? And how many sales qualified leads and opportunities are you uh, generating each month? I would also like to see what is the month and month over month and quarter over quarter growth in marketing source pipeline. And then you can let go of less important KPIs. So maybe you don't focus as much on your cost per click and your cost per lead, because if you maybe you get less inbound marketing qualified leads, but you will get more inbound opportunities. And yeah, they might be more expensive. The total cost per lead might be higher, but you will have more revenue in the end. So as long as you're doing targeted marketing towards your accounts and you're seeing a positive trend in your CRM uh, where you can see each opportunity, their title, their company, um, which source they came from, you have a feeling, you know that the the combined efforts uh, of your podcast, your LinkedIn profile, your brand awareness ads, that they are working. So when you have something interesting to say and you communicate that over time, the leads will come. But you need to let go of having the need to have uh, every activity and every tactic having to drive a business outcome and just to be okay with putting out good information to the right people. It is a feeling and intuition as uh, marketers that tells you that um, your content are you're putting out will uh, resonate with your audience. So you will get qualitative feedback on, on LinkedIn in your sales calls. You know what it is, uh, what is working, even if you cannot measure all of it. So then the leads and revenue will come after a while. Then uh, you need to ungate your content. Uh, that's the third point. I believe that you need to leave most of your content ungated. I've discussed this uh, in the previous uh, episode. I think companies need to uh, put more emphasis on educating the market uh, bef- uh, before getting anything back in the form of a conversion. So too often companies create very generic content and put it behind the form with the intent to pretty much call called that lead after downloading. So my point of view is that gated content decreases the number of people who consume it, meaning less people will understand what you're trying to communicate. So say you're advertising an ebook and you have uh, you have 10,000 people in your audience and 500 people click and 50 people convert. If you ungate that content, you will have 500 people consume it uh, instead of 50. And as I said, buyers are smart. They know your intent behind downloading or offering a gated content. They understand that it is to get your content information so that they can cold call you. And so I would let go of having the need to generate a marketing qualified lead 
they are probably not ready to buy. They just want the information in the white paper or webinar. If they were ready to buy, they would probably just find your demo or contact form. So just give the content out. And if you have content worth, worthwhile consuming and you have your, your product is solving a problem that they have, they will find a way to contact you. The fourth way to uh, become more buyer-centric is to address pricing on your website. And I know what you're probably thinking. Uh, you are saying, you're thinking our product is too complex, our pricing is too variable uh, and custom to each client, and we don't want um, our competitors to see our pricing and undercut us. And I, and I completely get that point of view because that is the case for me and my consultancy as well. So you sell complex solutions and there are many inputs and variables that affect the final quote you are giving to a client but um, if you think from the buyer's perspective how do you feel when you're looking for pricing and you can't find any information it's a very important decision criteria when you're buying something you, that's, uh, that uh, that is both for you know buying a TV or enterprise uh, uh, software, and the reality is that buyers, as buyers, we expect to see information on pricing on a company website, and companies often hide this information behind a form uh, or a salesperson, and you have to uh, request a call or fill out a form to get the pricing information, and this is very annoying so you do not have to give the exact price but you should definitely give buyers the insight into the factors that affect pricing and give examples so you don't have to say it costs a hundred thousand it costs x but you should at least give out a ballpark figure uh, of what buyers can expect so you might argue that it will scare prospects away uh, but i would argue that that is the whole point. You want to push away prospects who cannot afford you and that you can also get more of the inbound opportunities uh, who can. Uh, this means that your salespeople can spend their time more productively on opportunities uh, that have a higher probability of closing. And when it comes to competitors, they will probably find out your pricing anyway. Uh, so I will just address pricing on your website, either as a pricing page or a blog post, uh, or have a, a website page uh, which addresses pricing. Um, and then if you can't give a definite price, at least give them some ranges or a minimum level of engagement. The fifth way to make, uh, to make your company more buyer-centric is to make your marketing more on demand. So I don't think you should force people to get in contact with you. And what I mean is if you want more people to understand your product, create on-demand demos or make on-demand demos so that people can access and get a short video demonstration of your product, for example, um, this also goes for the access to information. So if you uh, want to send less cold emails or, or do less cold calls, maybe you can have some of your SDRs manage the company live chat. 
and I'm not a big fan of uh, chatbots. I, I feel generally that they are a worse experience than the forms and they seem slower and I never get the information I want. But a live chat is where I get a response immediately uh, and it's a better way, uh, it's a better experience in my opinion. And as a buyer, I want the information now personalized to my needs. And this is something uh, a chatbot can't really help me with. I, I think uh, having a human manning the, the, the live chat is a way better, more biocentric way uh, and make your company more biocentric. Then uh, my sixth point is that I uh, think companies should make their sales outreach more education based. So everyone who has uh, any experience in sales, they have this experience where they book a meeting, uh, have a good conversation, and then the deal goes cold. And in your mind, you, you think, oh, I failed. I failed as a salesperson. But in reality, the prospect is uh, that the prospect might not, wasn't ready to buy right now, and that you had the, a too transactional mindset. And uh, sending a, a follow up email doesn't really improve the situation. And you hear all the time that outbound is dead, call email and call calling is dead. And I think that is a ridiculous thing to say and if you think about it every relationship professional or private starts out cold somehow and that's either through an ad or it can be a phone call it can be an organic search result uh, or when someone uh, connects with you through a cold email or on linkedin i think it's more accurate to, to uh, think that outbound has to change um, and change based on how buyers buy today. And if you have a great brand, outbound works really well. So if, you, if you're doing outbound and you're working uh, for HubSpot or Salesforce or Zoom or PTC, you're probably doing quite well, even if you're, you're just working outbound leads. But people are inundated with cold outreach emails and cold calls. And I think that can work just fine as long as the outreach is timely, relevant, personalized, and in my opinion, more um, uh, education-based. So what I mean is when you reach out cold, you're likely not going to connect with the person at the right time, meaning they're not ready to buy right away. So they might not be a fit for your solution, but even if they are interested, they might be uh, months away from investing in your product or service. And in a complex sale, there's a lot of education that needs to be done before winning that deal. And there's so many touch points that are required before someone likes and trusts you and understands the value of what you sell. So uh, I recommend that you think about it this way. Sales is a channel. So sales is a, is a channel just as your LinkedIn profile or your Facebook ads or Google. If you have a defined list of target accounts, sales can be uh, one of the channels you use that reaches out to a prospect with a relevant case study, uh, a guide, white paper, a one-to-one video. And if you can identify maybe, say, three or four pain points uh, or problems your prospects have, 
you can create content around those pain points, then send these to uh, the contacts at your target accounts. So while you might not get the meeting there and then, you will be able to stay top of mind. You will have something valuable uh, to, to stay uh, instead of being that annoying salesperson. So let go of getting that meeting right away. And this approach makes it easier uh, to say yes or no. But if they have a need and they have gotten value of the content you sent, they will think of you when they have the need for whatever product or service you sell. So that was everything I wanted to cover. Uh, so to summarize, uh, you need to put education before conversion, change your metrics, me metrics to change your behavior, ungate your content and make it open access, uh, address the pricing on your website, make your marketing on demand, and make your sales outreach education-based. Thanks for uh, attending or thanks for listening. I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. Thank you.